Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the swashbuckler. This is part of our advanced class guide series covering all the new classes added in the ACG. The swashbuckler is the child class of the fighter and the gunslinger. You know, the fighter being this entirely martial-focused character, and the gunslinger being also a martial-focused character, but having a lot of that Western gunslinger utility vibe to him. And the thing they're really taking from this is what was called the deed, special feats you could do with your gun, and now these are special feats he can do with his weapon. The swashbuckler has his own style of weapons he can use, and the flavor they were going for is like you're dashing around the battlefield when you... Think a swashbuckler and invokes the image of someone with a rapier and light armor, jumping back and forth, stabbing, going, aha, aha. <laughs> you say that word so well. You say it the best that word can be said. Which one? Uh, rapier. Rapier? Yeah, you say that so much better, because this sounds like it's rapier. It was rapier, yeah. and I got rapier. <laughs> it's the worst word. It's like rapeseed oil. There's a reason Americans say canola oil. <laughs> is that what canola oil yeah. is actually called? Yep. There's a place in the United States called the Rapeseed Capital of the World. <laughs> the Rape Capital of the World, guys. And that's where the swashbuckler is from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, instead of having grit, the swashbuckler has their own thing called panache, which, instead of being fueled by wisdom, will find that the swashbuckler should be charismatic. They're a charismatic fighter. They're charming, and they're like a pirate captain. You're not going, ho-ho. You're going, ho-ho. <laughs> you don't need that charismatic way of saying that. So let's get into the mechanics. No. Okay, then we're done. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You made, you dismissed. They have a D10 hit die. They Which is good. Yeah. That's as much as the fighter. Because they're, they're up in the front. They get four skill points per level, plus a good amount of class skills. Not the greatest, but they have, you know, they have to have acrobatics and swimming and climbing and stuff like that. So a few more than the fighter. More skill points than the fighter and more class skills than the fighter. While having as much hit points. They are full BAB, as they should be. Both their parent classes are full BAB. But they only have one good saving throw, and that is reflex. Which they totally get from the gunslinger, man. The gunslinger always makes all the reflex saves I throw at them. If you remember our episode, Oh My Goodness, We Hate Rogue, or whatever it's called. Also known as the one title it does have, <laughs> The Problem with Rogues, and not the 26 titles you've given it over the past couple episodes. Having just a good reflex save is really bad. Reflex is easily the worst saving throw because, oh, I avoided half the damage, whereas Fortitude, oh my gosh, I'm dead. Right. And will save, I'm dominated, and now I'm trying to kill my teammates. Hey, listen, some people pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see that the Swashbuckler does get something to help them with their saving throws, unlike the Rogue. They're proficient with simple and martial weapons, light armor, and bucklers. So the simple and martial weapons is great. They get all the weapons they can need. The light armor and bucklers means that your AC isn't going to be the greatest. Right. You're be dashing around. It wants to fit in with that kind of theme. They don't want you with full plate mail. Ha ha! <laughs> so clunk, clunk, clunk. So something we'll be looking for in their class abilities is do they get something to offset the fact that they only wear light armor and they're supposed to be this frontline character. Right. Well, let's get into it. At level one, swashbucklers get swashbucklers finesse. They get the effects of Weapon finesse, in that they can use their dexterity modifier instead of their strength modifier for attack rolls with light or one-handed piercing weapons. That means anything that is a light or one-handed piercing weapon is now considered a quote-unquote swashbuckler weapon. 
We will be referring to that in a lot of their class abilities. Basically, everything they do, it requires you wielding a swashbuckler weapon, which is a light or one-handed piercing weapon. So, that can be pretty much any light sword, though, because they can count as piercing, right? Yeah, it's kind of a weird way to do it, because, like we said, you think of rapier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that fits into this. But what else fits into this? I started looking it up, because I've built a couple swashbucklers before. You got spiked gauntlets fit into this. You got... Every type of spear really fits into this. The Morning Star is a piercing weapon. The Hungamunga is a piercing weapon. Wait, aren't swords also piercing, though? Don't they get slashing and piercing? Some of them do. What was Some of them are just slashing. Uh, Longsword doesn't have piercing. Longsword slashing. That's okay. Yeah, you're, not Short... going to go, you're, not going, you're not trying to jab somebody with a longsword. Short sword uh, is only slashing. The gladius is slashing and piercing, so I think you can use that, and it's basically the short sword. But yeah, like, so I always thought it was a weird way to do it. It technically works, but they got a lot of weird stuff out of it as well. Now, in addition to having weapon finesse with all these weapons, the swashbuckler can use their charisma score instead of their intelligence score when meeting the prerequisites for combat feats. So basically combat expertise, so you can make get combat maneuvers. See, all this is probably what made it, if you guys don't know, when they were playtesting this, it was a bit unbalanced. They fixed it, as we're going to learn when we read this, or at least as I'm going to learn. This is probably the reason why it was so easily min-maxed, because they really consolidated the scores you needed to boost. You didn't have to boost strength and dex, because you got this weapon finesse. You didn't have to boost your intelligence and your charisma, because the your, your charisma acts as intelligence for the, the combat feats. So I can see how you could easily uh, try to min-max here. By the way, we skipped over something that's very important. The trident is also piercing. <laughs> I now think all swashbucklers have to have tridents. They come from the sea and they worship Gazra. <laughs> now, important to note with this feat, like you said, swash, uh, long swords don't fit into this category like most one-handed swords, which is weird. It, you feel like it should. There is a feat that was introduced with the ACG that is called Slashing Grace. You choose a one-handed slashing weapon, a light or one-handed slashing weapon, and you treat it like a light or one-handed piercing weapon... For the purpose of things like swashbuckler's finesse. Which doesn't mean much unless you really want a longsword. Because, I mean, you're, you're going to find something that's equivalent damage somewhere. You can also get the battle axe now and a lot of other strange weapons. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Picks fit into, you know, like heavy pick, light pick, what you mine with. Those also fit into the swashbuckler weapon thing. So I if you want to be a dwarven. Coming up. I'm chucking picks left and right. In addition, with slashing grace... You add your dexterity modifier to damage with those weapons, which kind of makes the slashing weapon superior if you get that feat, because there's not a lot of ways to get dex to damage with piercing weapons except the rapier. Right. So that's just the first thing they get at level one. You want to be using swashbuckler weapons. So let's talk about panache. This is the analog to grit, and your panache points equal your charisma modifier. I had never personally heard of the word panache before the swashbuckler came out. So for those of you that don't know, the actual definition for panache is a flamboyant confidence of style or manner. So you're supposed to be flamboyant and charismatic as a swashbuckler. You use these to fuel your deeds just much like the gunslinger used his grit to fuel his. They still call them deeds, huh? Yep, they're still deeds. Interesting. Just like with the gunslinger, you can refill your panache points by critting... With a swashbuckler weapon, landing and killing blows, swashbuckler, swashbuckler weapon, 
That's like a tongue twister. Swashbuckler weapons, swashbuckler weapons. That's tough. And, of course, you know, sleeping. You can't have more panache points than your charisma modifier at any point. So if you wake up and you get three panache points and you stab someone and kill them, you don't get four. You only ever have three. You can get them back. If you have two, you can get back up to three, but you can't get over however much you're limited by. There's certain items that let you store grit. Maybe they'll also let you store panache. I don't know about that. So we've been talking about their deeds. Let's get into their deeds. This is really the the important part of the of the swashbuckler. You get them every few levels, and they make up the majority of what you get as class abilities. I think like every three levels or so, you get three new deeds. About it's kind of like the magic. You know, you you constantly get newer and better magic for magic user. This guy's constantly getting newer and better deeds. Now, every time we look at a deed, what we want to stop and think about is. Do we want to make this our signature deed? Swashbucklers, just like gunslingers, can take the signature deed feat, which means at level 11, you reduce the cost of one deed by one grit or panache point, respectively. So some things become free. So we want to stop at the end of these and think, if this was free, is it really good? So at level 1, you get three different deeds. The first one is called Daring Do. (laughs) I like that name. When you make an acrobatics... Climb, escape artists, fly, ride, or swim check, you can spend one panache point to daring do. I don't know if it's a verb or what. <laughs> You're daring doing. Uh, you roll 1d6, and you add the result of that roll to your respective check. If you happen to roll a 6, you roll another dice and add that one as well. And you can do that a number of times equal to your dexterity modifier. Which is... It's not like the D20 where, like, if somebody rolls three D20s in a row, we're on the table going, Ah! Oh, oh, where are you at? Where are you at? You know? So this seems very possible. Uh, we're going to be referring to those skills that we just named as the swashbuckler skills from now on. So just keep them in mind. They jump and climb and swim and escape and ride, apparently. Now, do we want to make this our signature deed? Probably not. It's no. not that great. But you know what? If you... If you did, like, the, sometimes I just wouldn't do this because I don't want to spend a point. But imagine if it was free. You always just, like, these skill checks, I just constantly rolled these sixes. It's actually kind of a contender. Yeah. The only reason I'm going to say no is because I'm sure there's something better. There's so many better but ones. But it's kind of nice to be like, oh, yeah, I always add a D6 to my you're, skill checks that I do most often. You're basically an investigator at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so the next deed they get is called Dodging Panache. When you oh, get- great. I'm so happy they decided to use the same name for something. They didn't want to confuse me at all. In response to getting attacked by a melee attack, you spend one panache point, and you move five feet. This isn't a five-foot step, so you invoke from other people that are nearby, but not the person attacking you. You get your charisma modifier as a bonus to your AC from the attack. And this costs one, or you just have to have a crit in your pool? This costs one. I'm sorry, a panache in your pool. A panache point. Okay, so you got to cost one, okay. So that's that's pretty good. You're yeah. Like we said, we were looking for stuff that bolsters our defense, and this is one of them. Adding your charisma modifier to AC. And also, moving five feet, like when someone attacks you, suppose someone's standing right next to you, their first attack, they take a full round action, you take a five-foot step back with dodging panache, suddenly you're not in range of the rest of their attacks. Yeah. You kind of foiled the whole plan there. I wouldn't... It's not jumping out to me to be my signature deed, though. I, We'll see other stuff. Uh, the idea of a very mobile, dodgy swashbuckler, I would probably take this as my signature deed, because you can just move around the battlefield forever. 
the third deed they get at level one is called opportune parry and repost. You know how long it took me to figure out how to say the word repost? That's one of the words that I had, like, like you had to look up. Uh, the, the swashbuckler the is filled with <laughs> words like this. <laughs> when you are attacked by a melee attack, you can use one panache point and an attack of opportunity. You make an attack roll, and you compare your result of your attack roll to the person trying to attack you. If yours is higher, you basically parry the attack. You block it, nothing happens. If your roll is lower, you get hit like normal. If you happen to parry the attack, you can spend another panache point to make a repost, which is basically just make an attack roll against them. This sounds like a good signature deed to me. It was an absolutely broken signature deed to take because you would turn your offense into defense and no one could ever hit you as long as you took combat reflexes or more attacks of opportunity. So it got errated. You can no longer take this as your signature deed. Really? It can't be reduced in any way. Um. I mean, they, they nerfed, what was it? Crane style for Monk because that was really dumb because it was just everyone missing attacks all the time. This honestly would be pretty stupid. Signature mm-hmm. deed just... Do you know how easy it is to get your attack bonus really high? Christian, you know how easy it is going to be find a GM that'll let me do it? <laughs> that didn't know it was errated? Um, you'll have to forgive me. It's, I have a bad memory. But wasn't in the playtest it was as long as you had a uh, panache point and then you could spend one instead of spending one and then spending two? I do not recall exactly. I think it may have been that, because I remember it being wow. pretty crazy. Oh my, yeah. It's been nerfed a lot. It's still really good. This is still a really, really good deed. Yeah. Uh, Man, here, this thing that's really, like, think, when you think of, when you think of signature deed, you think of something that defines you. It's like, hey, here's this thing that defines the swashbuckler. Cannot be your signature deed. Nope. Don't do this too often. I feel like it's like, haha, I dodged. Everything's going to start with haha, by the way, guys. I think we did this before. I think we're reusing jokes here. Probably. That's what I'm best at. <laughs> you know, hitting the, the thing away and then stabbing at them. It just, I think it was just too strong. Yeah, Be- yeah. Being for free, it's so easy to Level have it. One. You basically spend none of your money on armor and all of your money on your weapon. And, like, you could basically run around the battlefield naked and no one can hit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get, what was it? You said a. Uh, I think it was combat reflexes to get several attacks of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're already going to have the high decks, and that relies on decks. Uh, now, these are all things you get at level 1, so this actually is a good level 1 character. Very much so, yes. Uh, they're good deeds, they're good abilities, so you could take a 1 level dip in this if you want to use like a longsword as a dexterity weapon and then switch to another class. Take the Slash and Grace feat. Oh, to mention, with uh, Parry and Repost, if the enemy's larger than you, you take a penalty on the parry attempt i think a minus two or four for each size category larger than you so you can't really parry a giant's club as easily as you can a halfling's dagger that's important because especially early levels i mean every level really you're gonna fight something that's bigger than you Mm. lots of things in the bestiary so on to level two the swashbuckler gets the ability charmed life three times per day when you make a saving throw as an immediate action, you can add your charisma modifier to that saving throw. Every couple levels, you get an additional use of this per day. Now, this is a really neat ability. It rewards you for having a lot of charisma. It bolsters your weak saving throws. But it's an immediate action, meaning you lose your swift action for the next turn, which, as we'll see for the swashbuckler, is actually really important. Wait, I'm learning something here. Immediate actions and swift actions are somehow connected? If you take an immediate action, 
next turn you can't take a swift action. I never knew that. Good to know. But See, guys, you can play for a long time and still learn rules. Because I don't know if it's a testament to how elegant the game is or how gosh darn complicated this game is. <laughs> that we're doing dozens of episodes explaining the game. So this is rewarding you for building a lot of charisma. So as a swashbuckler, you're probably going to want to get like a headband of charisma or some way to boost your charisma to increase your saving throws and your defensive power with things like opportune pair, or excuse me, dodging panache. You don't even need panache to do this. You just get it. Right, just three times a day you can charmed life. Yeah. It is important to know you got to do this before the roll is made. You can't be like, oh, that's bad. I use charmed charmed life. life. (laughs) No, you got to do it before. Uh (laughs) Aha. No, you got to put different inflection when you're doing different things. Uh (laughs) Aha. Oh. (laughs) At level three, the swashbuckler gains nimble. This is just a plus one dodge bonus to your AC as long as you're wearing light or no armor. Right. This goes up by one every four levels. This is taken straight from the swashbuckler. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. From the gunslinger. That guy. But you're, he doesn't course. shoot swords out of his guns. <laughs> so you've given me a new character the idea. The swash slinger. <laughs> Hash slinging slasher. <laughs> Ooh, at level three, we also get new deeds. Yay. First deed they get at level three. Kip up. As long as you have one panache point in your pool, you can stand up from prone as a move action that does not invoke attacks of opportunity. But if you spend a point, you can stand up as a swift action. I don't even think ninjas get this. How come ninjas don't get this? Ninjas should get this. <laughs> Rogues and ninjas should get this. They get something like this that's nowhere near as good, and it's a rogue talent, so... <laughs> oh. That's annoying. I don't, I don't like that you're better at kipping up than everyone else, swashbuckler, sir. So, do we want to signature deed this? Mm, probably no. not. It's really useful to have. It's Basically, situational. The, the swashbuckler can always stand. Whenever they get knocked down, they're right back up on their feet. They're the swift, quick, agile person. You can't keep them down. I'm so upset at this. What, what's hilarious, though, is that if you do signature deed this, I'm imagining some strange combination with the monk's uh, monkey-style feet. Where you get no penalties for laying on the ground and all the bonuses for laying on the ground. He's so you... constantly falling prone. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a free action to fall prone? Yes. <laughs> so you could actually make a character whose idea is to lay on the ground and hit people. Because <laughs> 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 you can you can take styles that also make your unarmed strikes piercing weapons. So suddenly you're swashbucklering <laughs> with your own hands. My goodness, you're like Agent Smith. <laughs> the next deed they get is menacing swordplay. As long as you have one panache point, whenever you hit a enemy with a swashbuckler weapon, you can intimidate them as a swift action. I built a while ago a uh, character that was set on intimidating characters, you know, in battle to, to do, um, it's not antagonize, it's uh, demoralize. demoralize and give them all the negatives. And I had to take a couple feats and put a lot of points in intimidate. This is an interesting way to do it without having to really commit too much. Right, and this is, it's as long as you have one panache point, so you don't even have to, like, think about this one. You can just do it. If you have a spare swift action, you can just try to demoralize someone. I still feel it's something you have to build around to really benefit from the demoralization. You mm-hmm. kind of put one of your four skill points per level into Intimidate if you want this to work, but hey, it's always there for swashbucklers. Right, but notice it just came after something that also is going to take up your swift action slot, mm-hmm. and your parry and repose takes up your immediate action slot, right? If you attack, I believe. Right. So, you know, you, you are going to think about your swift action economy. 
Which normally you don't have to. The next deed they get is probably one of the most important ones for Swashbuckler. It's called Precise Strike, and this is where all your damage comes from. As long as you have one Panache Point in your pool, you always add your level to damage with Swashbuckler weapons. So you're a level 3 Swashbuckler. Whenever you land an attack with a Swashbuckler weapon, you're adding 3 damage in addition to whatever Strength modifier you add to damage, in addition to whatever Dex modifier you might add to damage in addition to power attack and things like that it's precision damage so don't multiply it on a crit right the precision damage is important so if you're fighting something like a ghost that is immune to sneak attacks you also don't deal this additional damage and you're going to be critting a lot so you don't add this to your crit damage either now this is the thing that's trying to force you to be the guy with the rapier because if you have any other weapon in your other hand or anything other than anything bigger than a buckler you can't get this extra damage. Right. It's very. It's actually a very limiting ability because, you know, one of the iconic things I feel for swashbucklers and something I still can't do effectively in Pathfinder is have a rapier in my main hand and a dagger in my offhand. But you still can't do that. You can't dual wield with this. You have to have just one weapon in one hand. You can and also... your other hand on your hip going, aha! Yes. <laughs> you can throw piercing weapons like throwing the dagger. Uh, as long as you're in 30 feet, you can get this bonus. But you can spend a point to double this damage for your next attack. So this, if I want to use Signature Deed on this, I can do it? No. Come on! It's like the only other thing so far! <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see. There's other ones. There's some other good ones they can get, but this one can't be... Because then I'd always be doing double damage for free. Yeah, that'd be kind of a lot. So, we just saw, though, Swatchbucker does have a means of using a ranged weapon. They can... Add this damage bonus to throwing weapons, as long as they're within 30 feet, so you can have a throwing weapon-based swashbuckler. There should be nothing left to use my signature deed on after Paizo's done with this. <laughs> the last deed they get at level 3 is Swashbuckler's Initiative. This is just like Gunslinger's Initiative. You just get a plus 2 to your initiative checks as long as you have 1 point in your panache pool. If you happen to have the quick draw feat, you can, whenever you make an initiative check, you can draw a weapon for free. Right. As part of the check. Which is we learned in our, like, one oh or no, in our combat episode, or you could just draw a weapon by moving at least five feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but hey, maybe someone's invisible and they're right next to you, and you're like, ah-ha! Yeah, combat starts, the guy's right next to you. Let me just uh, shimmy on over here five feet. Welcome, everyone, to today's game show. Last we left off, you had control of the board. David, go ahead and pick a category. I'll take weak spots for 600, Caleb. I already told you that isn't a category. In that case, I'll take things that don't fit in castles for 400. All right, for $400, here's the answer. This massive thing won't fit into a castle. Dom. What is a dragon? That is correct. All right, we surveyed 100 people. Top five answers are on the board. We come across an obviously important character who I've spent hours preparing as a critical pivot point to the story. What do you do? Yes, David. I shoot him in the face. That is correct. And that means you have reached the million-dollar question. Here we go. David, for a million dollars, this podcast is an entertaining podcast where a couple of friends get together, hang out, and play the tabletop RPG Pathfinder together. Is it A, the Trailblazers Actual Play Podcast? B, Pathfinder Academy, an informative podcast about the same game? C, the Trailblazer Network on iTunes, where you can find both of these shows and more? Or D, more information on our website at tblazer.net? 
I don't know. That's a tough one. I'd like to phone a friend. All right, let's get Dom on the line. Dom, I'm stuck here. Can you help me out? I sure can. The answer's A, the Trailblazers podcast. Is that your final answer? Yes, A, the Trailblazers podcast. That's correct! And everyone's a winner because everyone can listen to the Trailblazers podcast every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Because the only thing nerdier than playing RPGs is listening to shows about people playing RPGs. Next is level four. Swashbuckler starts getting a bonus feat. And they're going to get a bonus feat every few levels, just like the fighter. So that means it's a combat feat. Yes. And later out, when you get more levels in this and you get more bonus feats, you can switch out your old bonus feats with new ones if you desire. At level five, the swashbuckler gets swashbuckler weapon training. This is just like fighter weapon training, except the group is already picked for you. You get a plus one bonus on attack and damage rolls with all swashbuckler weapons. And you get the effects of the improved critical feat with them. What is that? You double the th- uh, critical threat range of all swashbuckler oh, weapons. Oh, I love that. Which is very powerful. I don't think you can get improved crit to like level 6 or 7 in the first place. What is the rapier crit on? Uh, 18 to 20, so now it crits on a 15 to 20 Yikes. permanently. Yikes. And you didn't even have to do anything. It's just at level 5 you get that for free. You're just that good. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is a lot of people thought the swashbuckler was really, really strong when it first came out. Because it's got all this really, really obvious power. Like, oh my goodness, they have double crit range, and they have these really high attack bonuses, and they do a lot of damage with precise strike. Like, people were like, oh my goodness, the swashbuckler's so strong. And I guess we'll see the rest of it, and we'll decide if it's yeah. still that way. I definitely made an overpowered one. It wasn't your famous cavalier that charged in for 100 damage, but I was doing... I'm not the best min-maxer, and I was doing like 30 damage, and I was happy with that. Yeah. All you get at level 6 is another use of Charmed Life. At level 7, you're getting a new couple deeds. The first deed you get is Swashbuckler's Grace. As long as you have one panache point in your pool, you take no penalty for using acrobatics to tumble through enemy threatened areas or enemy spaces. What's the normal penalty? Like a minus 5 or minus 10. It's very steep. Tumbling through someone's actual square is almost impossible normally okay but this makes it very possible you know get your daring do and max your acrobatics which is actually very easy to get really high and you can move get dodge and mobility as feats you're moving all around the battlefield no one can touch you you're tumbling through their squares and you're moving out of the way of their attacks and if you have signature d daring do you can basically move around the battlefield for free you can move through enemy squares and that's something no one else can really do effectively the next deed they get is Superior Faint. As a standard action, you spend one panache point, and you intentionally miss someone with an attack. You don't have to make an attack roll, you just miss them. For the next round, they are denied their dexterity modifier to their AC. Now, usually, I actually, every time I hear the word faint, I just like skip over it. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. Until like I was trying to get my players to like kill this creature and like they could not get past its AC and they couldn't think of a way to do it. And it's like, oh, it just had a big dex bonus. If they did some sort of way to get rid of its dex bonus, they could hit it. So sometimes that can be one of the only ways, depending on your party comp, to really hit something that's powerful or has good armor. Yeah, I like just getting this. 
it's very useful if you run into a situation like that. It's probably something I wouldn't signature deed. Yeah. I feel like this would only come up every once in a while. Wouldn't mind spending the point on it. Yeah, if it was longer than one round, I'd be happier with it. The one round kind of just seems like the feet stuff I can do. But you don't have to spend feats on it. It's true. The last deed they get at level 7 is Targeted Strike. As a full round action, you spend one panache point, and you make an attack against an enemy, and you call out one of their appendages. Their head, their torso, their arms, their legs. The, the Gunslinger had this as well. Yep. If you land this attack, you have some sort of effect based on where you land. If you hit them in the arms, they drop their weapon. If you hit them in their head, they're confused. If you hit them in the legs, I think you trip them or something like that. Uh, that was... Now, this does not work on enemies that are immune to sneak attack. There's only a handful of them, and you probably wouldn't be trying to do this to, like, elementals or ghosts anyway, but... <laughs> Elemental, <laughs> there's your arm. Oh, you have another. <laughs> uh, is that something you would want a signature deed? I don't... Yeah. You think? Absolutely. Being They're... able to confuse somebody around without spending any panache? Fantastic. My gunslinger con- uh, took this, and it was excellent. It was almost, like, broken. Oh, no, there is no save against these effects. When you, if you hit them in the head, they're confused, unless they're immune to confuse. If you hit them in the legs, they're tripped, unless they're immune to being And you're tripped. not doing, you're, you're foregoing the damage. Depending on where you hit. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this is actually a fantastic one for Signature Deed. At least for Gunslinger, it was, you're not ranged, so maybe you might be doing a little bit less often. Yeah, it's a, little, it's a bit more dangerous for you to be doing. Like, I can't hit the, the thing in its wings. Like, I'm not going to be doing that while it's in the air. Like, the yeah. Gunslinger's <laughs> like, hey, could you bring down that gargoyle for me? Sure. <laughs> I'm not throwing my rapier. I'll get it, guys. <laughs> oh, I missed. Let me go get my weapon. Be right back. Next two turns of going to get his weapon. That's why you get a returning rapier. Yeah, that's right. So until level 11, that was just level 7. Until level 11, you're just getting further bonuses to all your stuff. You're getting more charmed life, more bonus feats, uh, bonus to your swashbuckler weapons. Well, level 11, new deeds. Yay. Uh, the first one is Bleeding Wound. Whenever you hit with an attack... With a swashbuckler weapon, obviously. You can spend one panache point as a free action to have that attack deal bleed damage. The bleed damage is equal to your dex modifier. So every turn, they're going to be taking your dex modifier in damage until they get magically healed or someone makes a heal check on that person. It's a pretty powerful effect. If you spend two panache instead of one, the bleed damage instead can go to their strength, dexterity, or constitution. Now, I've always been confused by this. Maybe you can clear it up. Con bleed damage. Does that mean they're going to lose con each round? Yep. If you have at level 11, so a reasonable amount of dexterity for you to have is 22, which is a plus 6. If you spend 2 panache points, you you deal 6 con damage to that person every round. Guys, just back up and give us 3 rounds. (laughs) Which is an insane amount of damage, and they're going to die if they don't get healed. Now this sounds like something I want to use my signature deed on. You do, and you can. Awesome. This is probably the number one thing to signature deed. You're always adding your dexterity modifiers bleed damage, and if you spend a point, you start doing strength dex or con damage at insane intervals. Yeah, I like this a lot. This dragon's not a problem. (laughs) Note that if something is immune to sneak attack, as most of Swashbuckler's abilities, they are immune to this ability. Are dragons immune to sneak attack? Most aren't. No. Aha! <laughs> ha! Ha! <laughs> the next deed they get is Evasive. As long as you have one panache point in your pool, you gain the benefits of Evasion, Uncanny Dodge, and Improved Uncanny Dodge. Wow. Yeah. All at once, huh? You're... Avoiding stuff with reflex saves, you can't be caught flat-footed, and you can't be flanked now, as long as you have one panache point. Man, I want the improved invasion, though. I want more. Give it to me more. (laughs) 
the last deed they get at level 11 is Subtle Blade. As long as you have one panache point, you are immune to disarm, steal, and sunder attempts against your swashbuckler weapons. Yikes! Immune. Wow. Level, uh, what level is this? 11. Level 11 is pretty stacked. Yeah, 11's like a keystone almost for you. Like, this is a big power spike for swashbuckler. That's You're dealing good. bleed damage, and now you're super defensive like you can't be caught flat-footed and you can't be disarmed and as much as you're not often disarmed stolen from or sundered the fact that it's just immune like yeah. eh, i don't have to make any saves this is mine <laughs> not even the Back guy can't even think about it he's like aha like no <laughs> clockwork i i use them in my campaign uh the clockwork soldier like the standard clockwork has like these grasper hands and it gets like this massive bonus to grapple and uh to disarm so be like, imagine this thing like clamping on your sword and then trying to like take it off, and you're like, nope, this is, this is mine. And it's <laughs> it's like, subtle. It's like so much more strength than you. Just like pulling, like it's like trying to, like you're trying to move a tree, and you just can't do it. <laughs> you're just gonna slide it out. Nope, this is mine. Yeah, like normally to get an effect like this, or to be like not immune, but to be harder to disarm, you'd have to have like a locked gauntlet or something, which comes with the downsides of you literally have a sword. Just grasp in your hand 100% of the time yeah. until you take it out. Put the weapon down. I can't. I can't. Put it down now. <laughs> but yeah, I, this is a really good level, and there are some really good deeds there. Yeah, I like it. Next time you get deeds is level 15. Again, until then, you're just getting... Wait, at level 11 is when I can get my signature deed, right? Yes. That's yeah. when you can first get signature deed. Excellent. Man, that is stacked. So until level 15, you're just getting more bonus feats, more swashbuckler weapon bonuses, more charmed lives, yada yada. Level 15, you get more deeds, which is what we care about. You get Dizzying Defense. You can spend one panache point to fight defensively as a swift action instead of a standard action with a greater AC bonus and a lesser attack roll penalty. Not that exciting. Uh, There are a lot of ways to build around fighting defensively. I know the Halfling race has a lot of feats and traits that deal with reducing the penalties for fighting defensively. So if you wanted to build around that, I think this would be really good. You could have a really, really high AC for basically nothing, and then take another signature deed at this level and take it for this one. But I think this is something you really have to either build around, or it's like you get caught by surprise, and you're like, oh no, I might die, and you really want to be defensive, then you would use this. And I don't know if my players just don't know about it, but I never have my players fight defensively. I don't know why. I guess, is it is it good and they're just missing out on something? Um... Typically, take a sta- uh, total defense instead if you're really worried. But because this is a swift action now, you can take fight defensively and total defense, I guess. Okay. I'm not sure that might be a rules thing that I'm getting wrong, but that'd be neat. Just have a whole ton of AC. They might have a similar kind of bonus. The next deed you get is Perfect Thrust. Uh, as long as you have one panache point, you can make a Perfect Thrust as a full round action. So it doesn't cost anything. You just have to take a full round action. You make one attack against the target's touch AC, and you ignore all of their damage reduction. Hmm. So that's a neat one. I like that one. Are you using your highest attack bonus to take it? Yep. Oh, that's good. I actually kind of like that better than uh, the gun- the almost analog to this. Gunslinger has one where he kind of makes all the attack rolls but pulls it into just one attack to right. try to avoid DR. Here this just says, we'll just ignore the DR. And you hit their touch AC, which is, you know, again, if you have someone that's maybe not high dex but has a huge natural armor bonus... Like a dragon, you could stab him between the scales. Right. The last deed they get at level 15 is Swashbuckler's Edge. I call this rapier the Black Arrow. (laughs) (laughs) 
what Swashbuckler's Edge says is that as long as you have one panache point, you can always take 10 on your Swashbuckler skills. Again, acrobatics, climb, swim, ride, escape artists. Even when you're... Even when you're in danger. Whenever, mm-hmm. as long as you have one panache point, you can take a 10. So as long as you know that your acrobatics is high enough to get through the threatened square, you can always avoid attacks oh, of opportunity. Good. Good. You can always just walk right through their square and be like, hey, what's up? Just pass <laughs> it by here. Good battle, good battle. So the next time we get deeds is level 19. So this is level 19. These better be some pretty powerful deeds. This better be good, as good as level 11, I think. It better. <laughs> you get cheat death. If you would be reduced to zero or fewer hit points, you can expend all of your remaining panache to instead be reduced to one HP. You know why this is better? About, I was thinking in my head, there's different feats and just even orcs can do this. Uh, the reason this is better is because you could be just like severed in two and take 90 damage and you'll be at negative 87 and be total dead. Uh, instead of like, nah, I'm one. Yeah, exactly. I like, was thinking at first isn't as good, but if you're really crushed... Just crush, or literally like, crushed by a dragon <laughs> with its crush ability. Uh, you can be like, nah, I'm cool. Imagine level 19, you got like 10 hit points left, and something hits you for 80 plus damage. Well, they only hit me for 9 damage. <laughs> and you're not reduced to 0 hit points. You're reduced to 1, so you can still move and attack without any penalties. This obviously can't be reduced, because it expends all of your remaining panache, and you can't do it if you don't have any panache left. This is a good one. A really good one. It's good for 19. Definitely good for 19 where everything's killing. Where everything's killing you left and right. I wish I could use this more than once a day. The next... Which you could because you get one of those things, stores panache, bring it back up. All right, all right. The next deed is Deadly Stab. Whenever you score a critical with a swashbuckler weapon... Which we determined earlier is pretty often if you have 15 to 20. Yeah. Hey, can you can you, can you you double that crit range again with no. the feet? No. Oh. Normally, they never, ever stack. 15 to 20 is the best you can do. But whenever you score a crit with a swashbuckler weapon, you can spend one panache point to do a deadly stab. When you do this, the target you hit has to make a fort save equal to 10 plus half your level plus your dex mod, or just die. (laughs) This reminds me of uh, the Slayer had something like this, didn't you? At level 20? Uh, Their assassination type ability. Yeah, it's a thing that also rogues kind of have. So you can reduce this. With signature deed, and every time you crit, force someone to make a fort save or just die, and that's pretty good because you're gonna be critting like twenty five percent of the time. About the fort save is ten plus half your level plus your dex mod. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't seem to me like it's shouting out. This is a huge save to make. I feel like they're gonna make it half the time. But if it's every time you crit, <laughs> eventually, that, by the law of statistics, you have to fail sometimes. Like it is a, if it's a fifteen to twenty percent chance to work, things are gonna fail it eventually. Yeah. And your decks at this level is going to be like, what, 28, 30? So it's not going to be a terrible city. It's going to be like 24-ish, the DC around. Like, not great, but not terrible. The last deed they get at level 19 is Stunning Stab. Whenever you just land an attack with a swashbuckler weapon, you can spend two panache points to attempt to stun the target with the same fort save as before. If they fail, they are stunned for one round. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Because you can spend one panache to kill them, or two to stun them. You have to crit for this one. This is just whenever you hit. Yeah, well, yeah I don't know. Hey, they're stunned. They're basically dead. <laughs> they just don't know it yet. Basically, because, you know, you have a team of four people that are waiting to crush them for a whole round while they're sitting there flat-footed. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so, level 20, you become 
the ultimate quintessential swashbuckler. By the way, your max for your weapon training is plus four, and the max for your nimble is plus five. So you're going to have free AC and free attack and damage at, by this point. So what does the quintessential swashbuckler do as their capstone ability? They get swashbuckler weapon mastery. All critical hits with swashbuckler weapons are automatically confirmed, and your critical damage multiplier with all of these weapons is increased by one. Is that increased by one and then improved? No, the the multiplier. Oh, the multiple. Oh, nice. So nice. your rapier, a fifteen to twenty times two weapon, now literally crits twenty five percent of the time whenever you roll a fifteen or higher, and it does times three damage when it crits. And you can and you can kill somebody with it if you use your deadly stab. Um, if you're a dwarf swashbuckler and you're using a heavy pick, you have a nineteen to twenty crit range on a times five weapon. <laughs> This is so cool. It's kind of almost exactly like the fighter weapon mastery, except with the added increased critical damage multiplier. And I think this is such a cool ability. I think that should be go to the fighter, man. He needs more distinguishing abilities. I like it. Or if you're a swashbuckle that's throwing daggers, you get this on your uh, throwing daggers, which are going to have a 17 to 20 crit range. I think this is so cool. Is there any interesting favorite class bonuses? Most of them are increasing your panache pool every four levels or increasing your charmed life every four levels. The only one I found interesting was the dwarf one where you add, every four levels you get an additional damage on your precise strike deed if you're wielding a pick. Because I just find the idea of a dwarf swashbuckler with a pick absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, also, uh, if you have the slashing grace feet, you can treat the battle axe or the hand axe as a one-handed piercing weapon. Uh, which also benefits from this feat. So axes and picks, you can have a dwarf that's a swashbuckler and really charming. <laughs> really not what I'd ever picture a swashbuckler Exactly, <laughs> which is why I want to build it. So you mentioned throwing daggers. The question I had as soon as we started this was, can I make a ranged swashbuckler? There was that one thing I talked about, you can do this with range in 30 feet. And the rest of the stuff, I guess you can all do it with ranged weapons? Yeah. Um, actually, we'll see in the extra credit, I made something revolving around throwing daggers okay cool for my build uh but you can also throw spears and javelins those are one-handed piercing weapons which all work with the swashbuckler abilities all right but nothing in the abilities i think explicitly call out having to hit them in melee with these attacks so as long as you're using a swashbuckler weapon it counts and javelins daggers star knives hungamungas they're all swashbuckler weapons what's a hungamunga you've mentioned this before if you don't know what a hungamunga is just quickly google hungamunga i can't describe it go ahead okay. look up a picture caleb and you try to describe it to me because i can't do it hungamunga it sounds like a racist name that you would find on like the muppets or something <laughs> oh i'm hungamunga i'm the i'm the i'm the african of the group okay wow all right we don't need to have that okay so, well, it is African. Caleb wasn't being super racist. He was only being so kind of well, racist. How would you describe that to someone? Like, a deadly can opener? It's <laughs> a great example. All right, think of a um, um, a sickle. Okay. You know, like a hand sickle. Now, turn it sideways and put a handle on it. <laughs> and add, like, two more blades <laughs> in, in strange places. It's, it's meant for throwing at, I don't know, either way. It's weird. <laughs> you know why it has all those blades, don't you? Because so when, no matter how it's thrown, it hits something? Yep. The only way you don't get hurt is if the handle hits you. 
You you have over well, two hundred degrees. About most things <laughs> over two hundred degrees of damage. <laughs> While a knife, if it kind of like eh. wait, did that say Buffy Oh my goodness, they use this in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, weapon approved. <laughs> so how do we feel about the swashbuckler? You know, I still like them. Uh, I'm not sure since it's been so long since the play test what they did quite differently. But I don't feel. I still feel like I can't because you know what it was. It was a bunch of those things. They said no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. You can't use signature date on this. <laughs> that probably balanced him out. Yeah, or her out because the, the the actually it's a very good picture. It looks like a um, what do you call those people that used to use the thing with the bulls? matador? Matador kind of looks like a matador. Uh, very good art for the for the uh, the signature the signature <laughs> the iconic uh, swashbuckler. I like it. I like it a lot. I like this ability to do the extra damage without technically sneak. It's not sneak attack damage. You don't have to. It's still precision. Getting though. without their decks. I like being able to like the parry repose is a, is I, I always thought was an interesting ability from the start. That level eleven great jump forward. And then each time we get better, these are these things are are things I'm not going well. That's what I get at level nineteen. I'm happy to get these things at level nineteen. I feel they're balanced. And they're worthy of a level 19. So each level, I feel like I'm getting the proper amount of progression. While I think in other classes, sometimes I'm like, eh, this isn't good enough. Mm. I feel like everything here was good enough to me. There, there was a thing in here, maybe one or two things, I feel like I would rarely use this deed. But, you know, I might need it. I don't get knocked down a lot. I wouldn't use kip up super often. Mm-hmm. But when I'm knocked down, I don't want to spend a move action and provoke an attack of opportunity. And if you're going to be tumbling, if you get hit while you're trying to tumble, you do fall over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can change your play style to take advantage of that right and honestly i, I know we get a level one but i really like that add a d6 yeah your investigator type ability yeah i think it's just fun on any class what about you christian what do you think i've mentioned before i love dexterous fighter types i like mobile fighters i don't like strength back uh base fighters i like dexterity based ones so i was really really looking forward to the swashbuckler i really like it the only thing I don't like about the Swashbuckler is that its build path is kind of restricted. Because you need dex, and you need charisma, and you need constitution usually because you're going to be in melee, I find building them is kind of restricted. And you, again, you only need one. You can only have one-handed weapons, and you can't have something in your offhand, so that really restricts you as well. So I, I have trouble making... they don't want you... Uh... Making all those attacks when if you can create them, you get very special things later on in the game. Right. And, like, I understand that from a balance point. But, like, I'm just disappointed I can't make my swashbuckler with a dagger in their offhand and the rapier in the main hand. I don't think it's a big thing. I think it's just you, Christian. It, I don't think it's, I'm still very upset about it. But, I mean, I, I love the class. I like building it. I like playing it. I think it's just a really good class all around. I don't think it's as overpowered as people perceived it to be. Uh, because of both the playtest and because, like, it's very easy to see what is powerful in the swashbuckler. Like, they have those big damage numbers, they have the big attack numbers, and they have an okay AC. Right, and and he did not get anything to fix his will save, or anything to fix his fortitude save. Mm-hmm. So, he has charmed life, but that's not great, and it's only a few times per day. So you have, as a GM, things to challenge him, and that way he doesn't feel overpowered all the time, right? And anything that could potentially hit flat-footed AC before level 11 uh, will put the swashbuckler in its place. Yeah. All right, guys. One more ACG to go. The War Priest. And then we're done. Yeah. We can can, uh, move on to another book at some point. 
And boy, how many books are coming after this? We've had The Occult Adventures, Unchained. When we first did this, we said, you know what we should do? We should get on the hot button, right? Let's not go through the standard class. People, know they want the hot new thing. Let's do the ACG two years later, <laughs> later you know? <laughs> you know, we'll stay on top. We'll do The Cult. We'll do Unchained 2 right after, right when they're released. Yeah, what's, uh, <laughs> what's the book that's coming out next? Um, with Intrigue, the, Ultimate Intrigue. Something like that. That's going to come out, and, we're, and we'll just be, like, in the middle of Unchained. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. The defendant who stands before us today has been found guilty. His crimes include burglary, larceny, assault, assault with a deadly weapon, taking thy lord's name in vain, and murder. Does the defendant have anything to say before us and before the eyes of God before he is hanged? I roleplay so I can be more like my heroes. Alright, you sons of bitches, cut the shit. I'm Michael and Douglas. I'm an Academy Award winner, and I'm going to run at them, brandishing this jeweled, hooked blade of power and unknown darkness. May God have mercy on your soul, young man. Here is Softly Speaking Sanskrit. We know why we roleplay. Why do you roleplay? SoftlySpeakingSanskrit.com